You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, here we are. Episode 30. 30, Sharky. We have Trision tuppled our episode output. And they said we wouldn't make it past one. And here we are at 30. Amazing. I think by they, that was me saying it. We wouldn't make it past one. But uh, nice round number, 30, Sharky. Well, we're going to change that next episode. So enjoy it while it's here. Hey, how about you tell us what's on today's show? I'd be happy to. All right, Sharky. So, um, it, you know, if we were to have to put a theme on today's episode, I would have to say it's kind of on the state of uh, social media and photography, um, but on, kind of on, on the fringes, topics that are on the fringes of social media. So, so our first story is coming to us from Petapixel, uh, the mothership, and uh, it's about, it was an interesting title. I like the title. It's called The Rising Pay-to-Be-Featured Economy on Instagram. Uh, it's something that I think a lot of photographers will understand once we explain it. So I want to talk about that and just kind of splinter from there uh, in terms of the economy of Instagram and photography. And then the second story is, again, social media related, but this is interesting. This is a story about a photographer named Dave Morrow, who um, I've known for a while. And just just to go show the importance or the, the power of out of sight, out of mind, until this story came up last week. Also, this is from Petapixel. I completely forgot about him because I didn't see anything from him. And that's because he actually went ahead and deleted pretty much all of his social media presence. So I know, Sharky, you've got some thoughts on that. Uh, but before we do that, let's start with the first story. But before we do that, Sharky, let me ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, let me ask you, though, another question. Would you pay money, like actual money, uh, to have a photo of yours featured on what we consider um, these large hub accounts um, that are not owned necessarily? It's not an individual person. It's more of just like a general themed account um, that has hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. Would you pay to have a photo of yours shared on, on their account to their audience? Sure. Why not? You know, I've never done it before, but if you're going to get enough back from it and I don't know, you know, like, let's say you pay a hundred bucks or so, it has to be worth it. It can't be just, you know, here's a hundred dollars. Oh, my, my photo was featured on this, uh, Instagram account. That's great. I'd want something back from it. You know, more people to follow me, et cetera. It's just like advertising, right? So it's just, you know, this is today's economy. You see this all the time with photographers and like models and stuff. They're always doing trades and and featuring each other so they can get each other higher up and get more followers. I notice a lot of, you know, we follow, you and I follow a lot of photographers and they shoot a lot of models. And, you know, you click over to that and you see like, oh, they did an Instagram story. What's that all about? And it's all these trades. It's like, go follow, you know, Susie one, two, three and blah, blah, blah. And they're just all trying to share the same followers, which is fine, right? If you've got a following, I can have that following as well. There's nothing wrong with it. Would you pay? You know, it's a good question. Would I pay? Um, I don't know that I would necessarily pay just for the um, privilege of having them share my photo insofar as the goal of gaining more followers. To me, I don't know if I would pay that. However, I do know um, other photographers who, um, specifically another photographer who was doing a, uh, a big giveaway on Instagram, and his goal was to get that giveaway in front of as many people as possible. And uh, of course, the terms of the giveaway were that you had to follow him, uh, his account, and tag other people in the comments. You know, And by doing that, then those people would get notifications about the posts and see the posts, and they would follow. And so he, I know for a fact, 
he paid to have the contest post. So like, you know, the, the, the post is a photo, but the caption is about the details of the contest. And he had that, um, he had paid several hubs to do that. And so in that respect, if I was trying to promote a product or a contest in this, in this case, I think, yeah, I would, I would go ahead and pay because there's value to that. I'm using the contest to build my, my follower count. But, uh, to your point, with just kind of paying just to have a photo. No, I don't think I would do that. Even with the contest, there are things that bother me about it. So, you know, people can say that I'm I'm kind of just being a, a wet blanket here, but I take things very seriously in terms of like, if I'm paying someone a couple hundred dollars and I don't know what the, the, the price list is, um, and it's interesting because in we'll link to the um, the stories, of course, as always, on the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. And in this Petapixel article, there's a screenshot by David Crew, who's a great guy, great photographer. And he he provided a screenshot of the chat with um, they redacted the the account, which is which is fair. Um, but it says if you're interested, uh, get back to us and we'll send you our price list. And in, in parentheses, it says probably the cheapest on Instagram, meaning the price list. So in these situations, Sharky, that there are tax implications here. Also, depending on whether or not the photographer and the recipient are in the United States, there are also FTC regulations. And this is a thing. This can be an entire different topic where I get incensed. When I see photographers who don't abide by the FTC rules of, you know, putting a hashtag sponsored or hashtag SP um, or hashtag partnership, especially since Instagram has a, has a robust utility that allows in the kind of like where the, the the location line is below your screen name. Instagram has a thing there where it says paid partnership. So, you know, when you're doing these things, it's almost like outside of the common rules. Whereas if I was, say, Sharky, I was working with um, a company, Zeiss, and I was promoting a product, I would have to put a sponsored hashtag here because I'm pushing their thing. Likewise, if one of these hubs were pushing my photo and I paid for it, no one's disclosing that. And to me, that's that's not right. It's one of these gray area kind of things that people think is a gray area, but really isn't a gray area. It's very much black on white if you go to the FTC's website. You know, Michael the Maven, I don't know, are you familiar with Michael? His name's Michael Andrew. He's had a YouTube channel forever, a huge YouTube channel. He was just doing a story the other day about this, going off about how uh, like a lot of Sony-sponsored you know, guys, collective members and such, go on these trips, and all of a sudden, there's a flood of like 20 reviews out there, and no one is going out of their way to say, hey, Sony flew me out. I have a, a, you know, a financial relationship with them, etc., and I agree agree with that as well. He's I think he's going to do a video that he's going to have on his channel going through this just like you were talking about all these sponsored posts. I've never done that before. You know, we've thought about it, of course. You think about advertising, there's Facebook advertising. You know what it is. It's labeled as an it's obvious that it's an ad. You know, I mentioned this in my Facebook uh post, in my uh Twitter and and Instagram post. Sometimes I forget, but it's pretty obvious, you know, when you have an offer code, etc. or go to my deals page for offer codes that you obviously have a financial relationship and that's fine. No one works for free. So, sure. but as far as like paying for your photo to be somewhere, I mean, it wouldn't be hard for them to put in there that this was a featured photo that was paid for somehow in a way that doesn't make it sound super commercial, but it's obvious that it was paid to be there, right? That's not hard to do. And no one's going to see that and go, "Oh, well, now I think that really beautiful photo I just looked at is really stupid looking." <laughs> you know, it's stupid. You know that's really interesting, and that's that's what I'm in, I'm most uh, kind of curious about is the psychology behind surfacing or putting the disclaimer that you know this was paid for. So does it in exactly like you were saying? Does it somehow cheapen the merit 
the artistic merit of the the photo and the photographer. You know, I don't necessarily think so, unless it's it's you know blatantly contrived type of thing where it's there's some sort of lack of uh, authenticity, um, or or it's just kind of like crowbarred in. But there is on that uh, the petapixel post that I mentioned. There are two polls, but one of them that um, I want to talk about is the question is, have you ever paid to be featured on a popular Instagram account? So this is asking the audience. There were 859 people who took that poll uh, at the time of this recording and by way, you know, a huge margin, uh, 95 point. So 96% of the 859 people said no, never. 31 votes or 3.6% said yes a few times and only four people, uh, less than half a percent said yes many times. Uh, What I would have liked to have seen instead of the question asking, have you ever paid I would be more interested in would you ever pay? So, because um, because I would be interested in that in terms of would you pay? You know, Sharky, you said you know yeah you would, and I said I would too in you know in specific scenarios like promoting a contest, for example, or a product that I was selling in my store if it made sense. But just to be uh, featured, just to to get my photo on one of these hub accounts, I don't know, Sharky, that and maybe I don't know, maybe you can say, well, what's the difference between you know paying to have a photo of yours to promote a product versus just to promote if you are the product, meaning like getting it so that you get more followers. For me, you know, we we uh, there was another story from earlier in March that we never talked about, but I think you did. You cover this on the Petapixel Photography Podcast, the one um, with that uh, Instagrammer. Her name is Lizette Calvero, where she went into like ten grand in debt trying to keep up with the Instagram lifestyle. I didn't cover it because it wasn't necessarily photographer specific. And I was, I'm just so tired of people doing that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it is kind of ridiculous. Basically, uh, this woman went into, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt by kind of like constantly shopping and traveling to make it look like she was uh, living an Instagram life. And in the end, it broke her. It's just one of those things where people think that this is kind of in order to compete in, in the Instagram economy, you have to go into debt. And again, look at it. Think about, we can take it back to the original story. Like imagine if there are people who are just like spending money, getting their name shared. And and we discussed this. I need to dig into the archives because this was a story that we we discussed uh, way back when. It was a story by Babar Afzal. And I think I, I went a little hard on him. I went kind of crazy because I was it was about kind of like, um, it's not fair. You know, these Instagram hubs are are only sharing the work of big name photographers. They're not sharing the work of as if he, you know, they're enti- he, these people are entitled. But, you know, on the other hand, I don't know, Sharky, I just I, I it is a, a tragedy. This kind of, um, you know, keeping up with the Joneses this artificial sense of what success looks like physically, you know, and uh, what it costs. Here's what it comes down to for me. So it's about quality. It's about giving value. If you have an account and it's just all photos that have been paid for to be there, that's kind of cheap. If they're great photos and people are liking that account, they're following that account because it's great photos. I don't think they care if they paid to be there or not. They want to see great photos. Now, this woman, what she did, it's the whole Kardashian thing. Everybody wants to be famous these days. Now, okay, granted, disclaimer, you and I are kind of well known in the photography business, but how did that happen? Did we buy our way there or did we earn our way there? We earned our way there the good old fashioned way. 
You know, sure. You do a good show. You do quality work. You're sponsored by G Technology and Zeiss. You were sponsored by Sony. You don't get there by buying your way in. You get there by doing quality work. And so this woman thought, you know what? I'll just buy my way there. I'm going to take a shortcut. The funny thing is, is that article came out. It was, I don't don't remember where it originally was, like in one of the magazines or something, right? It was Vanity Fair or something like that. After that, after they talked about how she spent 10 grand to try to be famous, she then got so much media attention that now she kind of is. She didn't stop doing this. She's continued going on trips and doing this because now she has that attention. So you could argue that her spending the $10,000 and going into debt paid off for her because they did a story about her going into debt. And now she's turned things around and made, you know, lemonade out of lemons. So I don't know if you followed that part. She's actually now she has a much larger account much larger because of all this attention. And so now she's doing it. It's like fake it till you make it. Well, now she's got like, uh, I see here just under 40,000 followers. But what's interesting is uh, there's a blurb in the article, not the one for the pay to be featured, but this one about this um, this woman that we're, we're Calvero. It says, uh, fashionista crunched the numbers and estimates that it costs $31,400 per year, which is roughly $2,600 per month. To maintain a face and figure on par with Instagram, uh, with Insta celebs, this includes services like facials, injections, personal training, dental services, and meal delivery. And then, of course, that doesn't include anything uh, with accessories, jewelry, and travel, and all the other stuff that goes with it. This is a narcissism at its worst. Uh, and I agree with you. It's not necessarily photography related on the nose, but it plays into this whole: what are people doing? Instead of kind of like what you said, you know, that putting in the time, I mean, we've been doing this for how many years now, Sharky, you and I and other people where, you know, we came up when there was, I mean, there wasn't really social media per se. Uh, you were just constantly creating content um, and, and organic actually meant something, organic growth. Uh, nowadays, that's been very much just warped and skewed. Um, growth now is very much uh, something that you pay for. And uh, that's just, I think, the reality of it. I don't necessarily like the idea of relying on paying for growth because, especially on a system like Instagram, and th- this might change, you know, for a, a while now, Instagram has been algorithm based. So even if you, this is where I don't understand. If I paid one of these, like a game of tones, which is a a hub account that I really enjoy on Instagram, if I paid them to be featured on their account, they they don't have any sort of control other than they take my photo, they take my handle and whatever, and they hit share. They don't control how many people see it when it pops up on people's feeds because it's algorithm based. And now, you know, uh, over the past week, especially I think in light uh, or to kind of smooth the waters of uh, the whole Facebook uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal. Um, I think uh, Instagram, which let's remind everyone is owned by Facebook, they have announced they're not going back to a purely chronological stream, but they are making more concerted efforts to show you um, stuff in a chronological way. Um, but still, like these hubs, you know, based on we don't know what the their pricing is, but but Sharky, like imagine if people are paying at any given rate. These people are collecting money, you know, and there are tax implications. And that's where I get really upset because I'm just in the process of paying off all of my taxes like a good U.S. citizen business owner. But these people are just pocketing this money. And and to me, that's just not cool. Well, we don't know if they are or they're not. They're collecting the money. We don't know if they're paying taxes. It's just like there's a ton of photographers out there who do $50 and $100 shoots and everything's off the books for them. They're technically a business and they're operating as a business, but they're not 
collecting, you know, and paying taxes and such. But that's a whole other topic right there. I don't know. It comes down to if you did pay somebody like a Game of Tones and these other accounts, like you said, you don't control how much it's going to get seen. And even if it does get seen, you don't control if people are going to click on over to your account. It's such a tiny percentage. It's just like, you know, when we had the contest, we were featured by a bunch of big accounts and it sent people over, but it wasn't like a flood. That's not how things work. People are expecting you're going to pay money or you're going to get featured and all of a sudden, bam, you're famous. That doesn't happen. You have to do consistently good work. Just keep putting it out there. Keep your head down, keep your nose clean and just work at it. It takes work. You're not going to buy your way there. You're not going to get listed anywhere that's going to make your life just amazing unless you're, I don't know, on some ginormous site. I don't know. I think we beat this one to death. What do you say? Agreed. I think we did a good job here and I really like this. Something that I'm very passionate about. And I I hope that the listeners, I want to know what you guys think in terms of that. I definitely would like to know if that's something you'd ever consider doing. So let us know, of course, at No Name Photo Show, pretty much everywhere. And then you can also use hashtag AskNNPS on Twitter. So Sharky, our second story. So Dave Morrow, he's a he's a great photographer, does beautiful nightscape work. And what's funny, I was thinking about this. The story goes that this photographer had a cumulative follower count of about one and a half million. It's spread across uh, Google Plus, Facebook, uh, and Instagram. And the the million that he had on Google Plus, I remember actually, I was the one when I worked at Google, I remember putting him on the suggested user list because he was doing some great stuff there. Anyway, I mentioned this at the at the start of the program. Dave was someone that I, I always enjoyed his work and stuff. I, I followed him and we communicated here and there, but... For a, for I, I he just I until I saw this story last week I completely forgot about him because I just saw nothing about him. If that's one kind of self fulfilling prophecy in terms of out of sight out of mind, I don't know what else is. Because when I saw this, I'm like, oh man, Dave Morrow. So he posted this video on YouTube and it essentially says that he recognized that with all the time he was spending on social media, it was pretty much all sizzle, no steak. And there was just, it was creating a lot of static, a lot of background noise in his mind. And so what he decided to do was shut everything down, except for YouTube, which was, I guess, and his website, his blog and YouTube. And so, Sharky, I see you smiling, and I know you've got some thoughts on this. But basically what he was saying was, instead of, you know, feeding the beast, as we say here on the show, and and having, you know, serving a multi-head master, uh, he's like, I'm just going to focus my time on traveling. He basically lives nine months out of the year in uh, in his uh, Nissan Xterra. He does multi-day, multi-week backpacking hikes, and he just uses a GoPro to um, to record videos. And I guess... His, you know, in that lifestyle, that is a very low cost of living lifestyle between gasoline and maintenance and food and stuff. But he's not focused on social media. So, so Sharky, what are your thoughts here? All right. So first, this is not a knock against him at all. I have criticism, but it's not against him. All right. So he had a million and a half combined followers, but a million of those were on Google Plus. You can take that million and throw it in the trash because. I'm with no you one there. checks Google Plus there. anymore. So that million, I'm not saying it's disingenuous, but that it, it makes a great headline. You know, the, he got rid of a million and a half followers. 
a million of those weren't really following. They had followed on Google Plus at one point, but they're really not seeing your post. So he had a half million on Facebook. Now, we've talked before about a friend of mine who has another podcast who has like 680,000 followers on Facebook. But if you go look, there's maybe each post gets like 100 likes or so. So maybe a thousand out of the 600,000 see that. So let's say that Mr. Morrow had a thousand people that saw a post. Okay out of 500,000. So that's only a thousand people. So you get rid of the million on Google plus because like maybe 50 people saw that. And so you have maybe a thousand on Facebook. Now out of his 15,000 Instagram followers, I've got almost 25,000, by the way, out of 15,000 Instagram followers, let's say, because that has a little bit better, you know, push, let's say about a thousand. So about 2000 people, let's say we're seeing any one of his posts. It's easy to get rid of Instagram and everything else when that's all you have. He says his business went up. He says his traffic to his website went up because he was doing more posts and he was being able to concentrate on that. And that's fine. That works for him. He says in the video, this is the thing I take issue with. He encourages creatives to just go ahead and get rid of their Instagram accounts and everything. Well, he's already making a living as a photographer. He's already there. He's achieved. He's made a name for himself. He's got a business. It's paying the bills. Everyone else doesn't have that. So if they get rid of their social media accounts, they all of a sudden, I said, you know, like if a tree falls in the woods, what does it matter? No one's there to see it, right? Or hear it. And so suggesting that people should just get rid of just cold turkey, get rid of their social media accounts and follow his path by doing, you know, just working on your blog, etc. He's got to have like, I don't know how many thousands of people go to his blog as it is and people know where to find him. But if people don't know where to find you, that's where social media comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Again, listen, I never would have had this post um, not co- actually. No, I I found out about Dave Morrow's video because my buddy, James Brandon, who's also a working photographer, he just we were chatting last week. He's like, hey, did you check out Dave Morrow's video? And I'm like, oh, man, now that's a name I haven't heard in a while. And it just ha- so happens that it was a new video that he had just posted that day. And then all of a sudden later that day, Petapixel picked it up. And then I think the next morning, F-Stoppers picked it up. And so I guess this was something that, listen, he could have had a million and a half followers, but when he stopped posting, I t- completely forgot forgot about him because I didn't see anything from him. I wasn't going to his website and um, I wasn't following him on YouTube because I d- hadn't known he had done anything on YouTube during the time that he had his Google Plus following and whatnot. I remember him specifically from the beautiful photos he posted on social media. So yes, I, I also know that uh, you know Dave's done a bunch of, he does workshops, he sells you know photo education, uh, digital products, kind of like I do. He's had a business model. And again, he's living within his means. I'm, I would say he's living below his means. Hopefully he's earning some good money uh, from all of his stuff. I hope that this recent notoriety kind of has helped boost or raise his star because he is a fantastic photographer. But I'm with you here, Sharky. Like for, uh, for all the, the kind of negativity, I guess, uh, you know, the bad rap that social media gets and it definitely does have its place there. It does also offer some really unique opportunities for people who are willing to uh, utilize it in the right way. I don't necessarily think that it has to be something that causes too much static. You know, I can't remember if I've talked about it before on the show, but I'm a big fan. I'm also a paying subscriber of a service called Buffer, which is a social media automation tool. Um, now it doesn't it, it doesn't take away or absolve you from any sort of engagement if that's something you want to do. Meaning, like 
tending to comments and replying to comments. But if you are disciplined enough, you can go on a Saturday or Sunday or some afternoon and just book out your shared posts that you're going to share over the course of however long, a week, a month, across every single platform. And with Instagram just finally opening up their API for scheduled posts, you can finally now just kind of schedule a new photo post to Instagram and it goes automatically. Whereas up until a few weeks ago, you would get a notification saying it's time to post and you still have to manually make the post. So all of this being said, I think what Dave is suggesting is very much a solution for Dave and people like Dave who have, you know, maybe just have considered that the noise, and it is noise, Sharky, that is that comes with managing a social media presence is too stifling and it affects the creative process too much. So just eliminate it. There were some comments. I remember, Sharky, I, your thoughts here. I saw some of the first comments in the Petapixel article and, and the app stoppers where they were like, so he closed all of his social media accounts, but he still keeps a YouTube account. So what are your thoughts on that, Sharky? I mentioned that on my show. I can't remember if it was episode 265. I think it might have been 265. YouTube is social media. You can comment. You get notifications. You can comment back. It's video. It's just like Instagram. You can post video on Instagram. So does he have his comments turned on on his videos? I didn't check and see. If he does, then he's he does. got so he he's does. got social media. So there you go. If you're if you don't want to interact with people and don't want to think about what people are saying, then Dave, go ahead and turn that off. Go all in. You did not go all in, brother. Go all in on this. You know, just post your videos and don't let anyone comment and don't you comment. <laughs> this is where you and I diverge. And it's I guess part of it is to having a an agreed upon definition of what a social media platform is. To me, I don't necessarily see YouTube as a social media platform in the same way that a Twitter or a Facebook are. I would o- almost argue that Instagram is not necessarily a social network. Instagram and YouTube are primarily media-based sharing platforms with commenting attached to them. Instagram is still, and some video, I guess you can consider like these short 60 second clips. And YouTube is longer form videos, whereas Facebook and Twitter are very much conversational. It's all about bi-directional communication. I put out a thought with a photo for, you know, usually the photo is there because it's proven that, or at least it has been proven that posts with photos perform better than just text-based posts. But the point is you're putting something out there to stir up some sort of conversation. With, with videos and with, with photos, for the most part, I say that the comments that I see are just like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say vapid because that's, that's too insulting, but it's like great photo or cool video or, or of course, then you have your trolls. But I, I would, I would say with Dave, like, you know, I see YouTube as kind of like, you know what? Cool. This is fair play um, because he's creating content to be enjoyed by the masses. He's not putting something out there asking what people's thoughts are on, on this or that. So I get what you're saying, though. <laughs> Sharky, I get it. I'm not saying you're I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I just think that it can go either way. Listen, so he's posting videos and people are commenting and he said, you know, he had all these conversations going on in his head and background static. It's the same thing. It's just like Instagram in that in that way. So I don't know. I'm, and, and this isn't against Dave. I get it. I understand. It's like, OK, I'm choosing YouTube. That's where I'm putting my content, um, you know, getting rid of these other things. But I don't know if you if you didn't want any feedback from people and, you know, YouTube, like you said, you, you know, the comments over there, the trolls are just out of control. It's a lot better on Instagram and, and elsewhere. But I don't know. I just see it as kind of the same thing as far as like the conversation in his head. Just get, turn off the commenting. And you won't have any conversation. You can just post your your uh, stuff out there and just let it be. 
I think maybe, you know, he could have controlled the narrative a little better by instead of saying how quitting social media, maybe refining and say how how quitting everything but YouTube or how quitting Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, because I'm looking like there are comments and like for the, the video that I'm going to link to. Uh, where he talks about this. This is this was posted six days ago. Uh, it has a little over 31,000 views and it has 263 comments. And he has been responding to um, at least some of the, the, the original comments he's responding. So he's definitely engaging what I think maybe, um, and now, you know, I f- think we killed this one too, but I think what he was saying was that he was taking active steps to um, reduce the static, the, the platforms that cost static to the one or two that are most important to him, namely his blog, and he says that because he's in the video, he mentioned that because he takes a lot more time rather than creating content with frequency, he, he creates them with less frequency, but they're more thought out. That helps with his SEO. So that's driving traffic to his website. And then he has his his YouTube channel, which he says he's just, you know, he his videos are very Spartan. It's just a GoPro with some minimal editing. There's not any sort of like crazy effects or transitions or anything. So I think he's just kind of like, I don't know, shaping his online usage to suit his um, his creative bandwidth. That's cool. He said he he's not going to do any more than 20 minutes or so of editing and be done with it. And that's fine. He's simplifying. We all would like to simplify. Our lives are so busy these days. You can hardly do anything because you have all this to keep up with. Yeah. And I mean, on closing thoughts from me, Sharky, I'm not going to lie. Like when I watched it, I was like, holy crap, this is something that I can see myself doing. Just like shutting everything down except for, you know, YouTube, this podcast uh, and my website. But then I thought about it and it's like, well, if I even just focus on my website, that service I mentioned, Buffer, there's a WordPress plugin for that. So it can automatically take new posts and push them everywhere. And But do I hurt myself if I say, I'm just going to do these outbound posts. I'm not going to respond to comments or anything. I think that possibly hurt myself. Again, that's kind of, that's probably something I would like to have Colby back. Um, Colby Brown, who was our guest 10 episodes ago at episode 20 to talk about that kind of social media ramifications. I'm sure he'd have some good insights on this as well, but I think he's going to be in Patagonia for the entire month of April. So well, it's, it would be like with you and Dave. You're like, oh, I totally forgot about Dave. And people would be like, oh, I totally forgot about Brian. You're absolutely right. So there you go. I mean, except for the except for the mediums where I am still fostering this podcast, my newsletter, YouTube. And if the audience is not that strong in those channels, then, yeah, that can have some serious consequences. Because I, I, I'm telling you, Sharky, I completely forgot about him until that story. So, Sharky. What, Brian? What's on your gear shelf? What's on my gear shelf? And only you can see this on the uh, video here. It's the Tenba Tools BYOB 10 camera insert. So sometimes you have a backpack that isn't a camera backpack, let's say, but you want to carry your camera gear and you want to keep it safe. So you get one of these. They come in, I think, four or five different sizes. This one will hold a DSLR and a couple lenses or so. And, you know, you've got the the inserts inside. It looks almost like a, I don't know, what would you say? It almost looks like a like a lunch bag kind of thing. And it's this one's camo and, and lime and it's got pockets on the outside and it's got eyelets on it so you can put a strap on it and you can, you know, it's got a handle as well. So it's, it's fully featured and inside it's got all those inserts, like I said, so you can put your stuff in there and keep it safe. Because like I said, sometimes you don't want to bring your camera backpack, but you want to bring your backpack and your camera stuff as well, a small kit. And so you get something like this, keeps everything nice and safe. 
That reminds me of what, like, um, one of my favorite companies, U.S. companies in terms of bags, is a company called Timbuktu, and they make these messenger bags, and you can actually customize them like crazy amounts, like the colors and fabrics. But they're just these open messenger bags, and that looks like that looks like an ideal solution where if you want to convert it into some, uh, you know, kind of like a Frankenstein camera bag, that insert would be perfect, right? Like it just slides in and it anchors in. Yeah, I mean, I feel like so if you have a backpack and you don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks on a new bag in Tenba, of course, one of my sponsors on the Petapixel Photography Podcast, you know, and a number of other companies, of course, everybody makes camera bags. But if you've already got the bag and you don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks, spend 40, 50 bucks and you're good to go. You've converted it into a camera bag and you have the ability to use it any number of ways. So that's why they make it. That's why the product exists. That's why it's called BYOB. It's bring your own bag cool no i dig it and i've like i said my timbuktu bag would be a perfect candidate for that yes so brian what's on your gear shelf well sharky so what's on my gear shelf actually just arrived like a half hour before we started recording this episode uh from amazon but um on sunday uh this coming sunday i'm gonna fly out to oregon for a week i just need to get some shooting done uh it's been a long time since i've gotten any quality shooting so i had credits to delta and flight cost me like 30 bucks but i recently got uh sony made this really amazing ultra wide lens the 12 to 24 the fe 12 to 24 f4 lens the problem with these ultra wide lenses is uh historically and this is the same with uh the funk buster my canon 15 millimeter fisheye lens uh the front elements are bulbous and that it makes it very difficult for any sort of filters now i am a filter fiend you know filters are very important to me especially when i'm shooting in these waterfalls and these creeks and stuff so it turns out that uh, a company that i believe was a pick of yours several episodes ago photo deox i think you use their step up and step down rings uh, for me i just got this thing it's a and i'll show it to you sharky it's uh it's called their wonder pana system not pano but Pana, and they make a filter system amount specifically for the 12 to 24 Sony. They also make them for various other uh, bulbous lenses like the Canon 17 millimeter tilt shift and the Nikon. Uh, what is it? Nikon's a 12 to 24 2.8. Yeah. So um, what this does, I mean, it is a huge, if you, if you see a Sharky, I have, I also ordered separately. It's a separate product, but the circular polarizer for it. I think it's like 145 millimeter thread. It's a massive filter. And then it supports, um, if you have the polarizer and you can only put one drop in filter, an ND filter or something, if you take the polarizer off, you can put two in. But the filters for anyone who's interested, uh, because I've been doing a bunch of research, Colby Brown, who, who we just talked about, I knew that he got this filter system, which is why I ended up buying it because he had so many good things to say about it. But if you want just a regular square ND filter, the dimensions are 6.6 inches by 6.6 inches for a square ND, and it has to be four millimeters thick. So it's a cine filter, not a traditional photo filter, but more for cinematographers. It's definitely thicker and heavier and therefore more expensive. But uh, fortunately, I've got Format High Tech. Uh, my friends there, they're sending me a uh, four-stop and a 10-stop filter to use, and I'll be doing kind of like a review of how that all works uh, when I go out there. But yeah, so... If you have one of these lenses, I highly recommend checking them out if you've been like, man, I really wish I had a filter system of use. And that's something with the Canon 17 millimeter tilt shift. That was something that I always wished I had. So uh, that's it, Sharky. That's my pick. That's a great pick. And my friend Bohush over at Photo Deox actually designed that. No way. Yes. He had a big hand in that. So the Wonder Panna is, I believe, one of his babies. He does. He's not just the front guy. He's not, you know, if you go on YouTube or go on Photo Deox, Pro, I think.com and see the videos you see him on there and uh 
he creates a lot of their products. He designs a lot of them. That's very, if you speak to them, tell them, because it's it's really nice. I will say, so I mentioned that the 17 millimeter tilt shift, I had um, a LaCroix system for it. And I will say right here, right now, it sucked. It was the biggest pile of garbage I've ever used in terms of a filter system because it was not thought out well. It did not stay connected to the lens securely. This this system is not going anywhere because there's a bottom ring that screws physically into the filter holder and creates a, I can't, it's impossible to remove this unless I unscrew it. Uh, so that's something that I appreciate very much. Give your buddy a huge high five, highly recommended. The filter system itself, like the holder is, um, it's the Wonder Pana plus free arc system. The free arc is what allows you to accept actual drop in filters. And how much is it? So the, that is 200 bucks, but then the, Polarizer is also another two hundred, so uh, four hundred dollars for this. And I mean, listen, the polarizer is massive. One of the things I love about it, though, is even with the whole thing on, it comes with this gigantic lens cap. So you don't necessarily have to take the system off. The lens cap fits onto the polarizer, so you can. If you're in a rush, you just want to throw it into your bag. You can do that and still protect it. It looks like a like a giant black pancake or a frisbee. The thing is huge. This thing is massive. I mean, it's it's a giant. A pancake is right. Um, it's 145 millimeter filter thread. Oh, 140. That's that's massive. Yeah, because it has to be wider than the maximum field of view of the lens, so you don't get any sort of vignetting. So, but yeah, it's great. Awesome. Photo Deox makes a lot of great products. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I didn't know that they made filters. Like I can see that they're making filter holders because they do you know all these other filter adapters. But when I saw that they they have these polarizers, but they also have they have drop in filters, but they're graduated filters. So it's a transition. I mean, I that's great, but I don't need that. I really just need regular ND filters. Awesome. And remember, you mentioned this in a previous episode as well. If you have these lenses that have that bulbous, that convex outward bending glass element, a lot of them have the filter slot in the back, the back element. So where you attach it, you know, to the mount. But obviously you can only fit like one thing in there, maybe two, and they're really thin. It's not as robust as having a system like this. But if you're doing landscape photography, you know, you're going to just just drop. You're going to be dropping hundreds of dollars on filters and whatever, but it'll be worth it. Take care of it. It'll take care of you. Absolutely. So you know what, Brian, I think this was a great episode. If I do say so myself, what do you say? Yeah, I say so too. I really enjoyed it. That's good. <laughs> it's as long as you're entertained, then that's all that really matters here. <laughs> so why don't you really? I mean, I appreciate that you finally acknowledge that. So why don't you tell people where they can find you and where they can find us? Sure. So as far as the show, of course, all of our show notes and links can be found at nonamephotoshow.com. On social, we're at no name photo show on all the major networks. Me personally, you can find me at my website, matias.com. That's M-A-T-I-A-S-H.com. And on socials, I'm at Brian Matias everywhere. B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H. Sharky, how about you? You can find me, of course. I'm Lens Shark everywhere. Don't forget the two S's. Petapixel Photography Podcast. Just type in Petapixel, P-E-T-A-P-I-X-E-L, or you can go to petapixel.com slash podcast and find me there. So, Brian, what do you say we clap it out? I'd love to. All right, here we go. One, two. We'll fix it in post. Yeah, we will. Love you, brother. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. 
How about we do this again next episode? Yeah, let's do that. Thank you.